0: Yeah! the most horrible way to die.
1: Well, hello, Mr. Fancy.
0: The following movie contains material that may not be suitable
1: for all viewers. Your Viewer discretion is advised. Then suddenly I saw it. With only a slight churning to mark its rise to the surface, the thing slid into view above the dark waters. Vast, polyphemous-like, and loathsome, it darted like a stupendous monster of nightmares to the monolith about which it flung its gigantic scaly arms. The while it bowed its hideous head and gave vent to certain measured sounds. I think I went mad then. And this is the Next Level Network production of a Lovecraftian sorts. The podcast which prays to the order of Cthulhu. Welcome back to What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. This week, episode 26 episode. This week's review, Dagon, from 2001. Stuart Gordon directed film, Brian in the production. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, I'm back. You know, last week I, uh, I took the weekend off. Actually, it was kind of coincidental. I <laughs> didn't realize that um, Iron Fist season two was... Uh, dropping last weekend so I actually spent the weekend watching that not gonna lie better than season one a lot better than season one Uh, I had a bit of a slow start I kind of didn't care so well I shouldn't say I didn't care for it but I don't know the first half of the season is so so but the second half well it's uh worth the price of admission let's put it that way um definitely uh I know they had a new uh stunt coordinator for the show it definitely shows uh, the fight scenes were a lot better than season one uh, new showrunner as well again you could kind of tell especially like 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 I say this the second half of the season was uh, really really good so it set up a lot of things for season three I know this is a horror podcast so I'm not going to go into you know full details on Iron Fist but it was worth it it, it was worth watching it i and it was good to have a weekend off. I just needed a, you know, a weekend to kind of chill, just sit around with the dog, watch TV, do nothing, watch football, have a headache. I had a headache. Yeah. Called and sick at work for the first time in like three years. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend. But no, uh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. A lot has happened uh, since last episode. Got a few things I'm going to talk about quickly, and then we'll. Uh, we will go off to Mboka. Talk about the Order of Dagon. But first, uh, so, Halloween trailer number two. Okay, so, seriously, is it October 19th yet? Because I'm actually really hyped about this film. And not to mention, um, you guys know I'm not really one for, you know, reading reviews and taking them in, you know, real deeply or anything like that. But the reviews sound really good for this halloween movie so i'm 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 excited i'm hyped up for it i think it's it's gonna be uh i'm at least i'm hoping i'm hoping it's gonna be uh you know well worth the uh worth the wait it's cool that john carpenter he's he seems really pleased with it too i'm looking forward to hearing his score again that he creates this time so looking forward to that that was uh it was a nice trailer though nice trailer I actually, I actually think the second trailer was better than the first one. And still, I mean, yeah, they're kind of giving things away, but still not a lot, you know. I, I think we're still in, we're still going to be in for a lot of good surprises and whatnot. So, and I mean, uh, Toronto International Film Festival, I believe it is. They've already seen it. Uh, it, it premiered there or whatever. And uh, from what I've seen, most people that viewed it loved it. So i'm excited i'm i'm on board for it i i, I can't wait um so ah, yeah i'll leave that for last uh moving on to uh just quickly um, as a matter of fact today is batman day as i'm recording this and in the states the dc universe streaming service is now open to the public and the reason why I bring that up is because we got news uh, this past week. Swamp Thing is uh, going to be aiming for like a hard R rating um, kind of show. Like it, it's going to be, uh, its content is going to be uh, directed in a uh, an, a restricted rating kind of way. So not that I'm surprised, you know, uh, DC, they've been, they've been doing it for a while now. Uh, proving they like going the darker route and uh i mean if you're gonna do swamp thing right i think you have to go kind of hard r rating kind of direction so i'm excited about that uh swamp thing i believe i don't think it was actually confirmed but i mean the 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 ongoing rumor is is that uh derek mirrors will be playing the swamp thing so, I'm still curious as to whether or not... Uh, I don't think they're going to go rubber suit, <laughs> like uh, the Dick Duraka uh, version. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I hope they have a lot of practical effects, but as in, in terms of Swamp Thing himself, I I kind of think it might be better with CGI, but I'm not sure. I mean, this new Venom movie's coming out, and it seems like it's uh, <laughs> getting beaten around by critics and fans and whatnot for having too much of a cgi look i don't know these kinds of things are hard to do like you know because people people are so critical these days you know they want you know movies to you know look realistic and not have plot holes come on just watch it and enjoy it but we'll see what happens candy make candy make (laughs) that's what i should call it uh candy man remake apparently uh What's his name? Uh, Jordan Peele wants to remake Candyman. Do we really need this? Honestly, do we, do we really need a Candyman remake? I don't think so. I mean, the original still stands on its own and is still really good. You know, the, the Tony Todd, to me, is still Candyman. But it's been, what, 20 years since the original uh, debuted? So... I don't know, because, you know, I I, and I I say this a lot, you know, give a movie 20 to 30 years, and then if you want to remake it, go ahead. Don't do it five years after it's finished, but Candyman, for me, it still stands strong. Like, I I can watch it today, and it doesn't feel dated, so I don't know. I... I'm keeping my eyes open on it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's very early in the, uh, like, the preliminar, bleh, preliminary stages. I can't talk today. Can I ever? <laughs> um, I don't know. I would, It's weird, because when I'm talking, like, with the microphone off, my tongue never gets tied. As soon as that microphone is on, it's like, bang, can't fucking speak. But, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm... I guess you could say cautiously optimistic, but I really don't think a Candyman remake is needed. That's just me. But Anyway, moving on to another story, I guess you could say Castle Rocks season finale happened this past Wednesday. And okay. So I'm apparently in the minority on this. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I got what I expected. I got a few surprises. But it was kind of interesting because when it was done, I kind of had this feeling. And so for my own amusement, I went on the internet after it was done. And just there was this gut feeling inside. I'm like, I have a bad feeling people didn't like this episode. And I mean, IMDB, gave it's the lowest rated episode of the the first season. I think last I looked, it was like at 7.3 out of 10. Which is still a good rating, but considering the rest of the episodes were like, you know, 9 out of 10, 8.9 out of 10, 8.3 out of 10. And then you get this one, it's like 7.3. It's like, and this is supposed to be the finale. But as we, and I've seen this a lot with, television shows that it seems like the penultimate episode, you know, second to last episode is always the the highest rated episode of every season. I kind of find that a lot. Like, I guess it's because I watch way too much television, but <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I it, I wasn't surprised it had a lower rating and I was like, furthermore, I wasn't surprised at all at the hate it got so many people felt it was a letdown so many people felt that you know it was J.J. J. Abrams doing what J.J. J. Abrams does but I don't know for myself I guess I I come to expect these kinds of things from you know Stephen King properties J.J. J. Abrams properties and whatnot the finale seemed like it should and I don't know, I, I, I don't want to spoil a lot because I know there's still a lot of people that haven't seen it. I've seen a lot of comments where people are like, oh, should I continue watching because I haven't gotten that far yet and whatnot. So I don't want to spoil anything. But yes, the ending seems almost like it doesn't have a conclusion. But the way I took it was the things that it seems to omit from the finale are things that we've already had answered in previous episodes. It seems like it's almost like like the whole idea of Castle Rock having like a, a cycle. Um, the fact that like it almost seems like history repeats itself constantly. So for me personally, when I'm watching it, the things that it, the episode seems to omit, I felt we've already had those questions answered in earlier episodes. That's how I took it. Um, I mean, it... It's a show with fucking weird multiverses and time travel and all that weird shit, and I come to expect these things from these kinds of shows. So for me, when, I, when it was done, I walked away from it going, I thought it was pretty fucking good. Um, I especially love the actors. I love the acting that was uh, portrayed, you know, throughout the 10 episodes. Uh, I'm definitely curious what season two is going to look like. I know it's supposed to be a different story, but same town and what with it having multiverses and whatnot. I I'm curious. It's like, will season two possibly give us more answers for season one? I kind of get this feeling that maybe what happens now, I could be completely wrong. And by the end of season two, I'm going, okay, now I'm fucking confused, (laughs) but yeah like it was just it was funny though because when the episode was done like the first thing i did was went online and i actually watched it like a day later so by that point there was like a ton of comments all over the internet and social media and whatnot and it didn't disappoint <laughs> i knew people were gonna hate it and they did um still though not as much hate as like a star wars film gets these days. Fuck those fucking star wars fans i mean don't get me wrong i'm a star wars fan myself i've been i've grown up with that shit my whole life i've read the books watched the cartoons the comics and you know the movies and everything I, i'm a huge star wars fan but i'm not one of these guys that gets all like bent out of joint and shit and whatnot so it is what it is whatever but castle rock overall as the first season i i felt it was pretty good is the, ep- is the final episode a letdown for me? No, but yeah, it, each, you know, everyone has their own opinions and whatnot. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to me right now going, ah, that's not how I felt buddy. But it, you know, that's it. Stories are up for interpretation a lot of times. And like, I, ca- I guess for myself personally, when I watched the final episode, I kind of threw in the pieces that were missing, like, from what I've taken from, you know, the first season. So, is what it is. Thank you, Internet, for not disappointing me, though. I love you guys. No, actually, for the majority, from what I saw, uh, most of the people that listen to this show, you know, didn't seem like they were all too upset about it. So, eh. it's all good. It's all good. But, uh, yeah, that, that's about it, uh, Lurker's recommendation, I do have one this week for something I actually watched this past week as well, uh, so Shudder released another exclusive called Revenge, now, I know that this already had a DVD release uh, a few months back, whatnot. I had a few people that I knew, um, Jacob, (laughs) one of them, my good old friend Jake, uh had told me I'd really like revenge and whatnot, and, uh, so when Shudder got it, I, you know, I loaded it up and watched it, and, okay, I'm gonna say this right now, it's a fun movie, uh, it's enjoyable, uh, but this movie asks you to suspend a shit ton of disbelief, there is some fucked up shit in this movie that you're like, that's not how that works, um, and I mean, like, just, like, like the main character herself uh, should be dead within 20 minutes of the movie. Um, and she's not. So, obviously, she's the main title character. So, like, the main character. So, you know, I'm not spoiling anything by saying she lives on. Uh, <laughs> she's the point of the show. but uh, Or the film, whatever. But it's fun. But, like I say, don't go into it looking for reality. You're not going to see reality. These people bleed more blood than... A human body should be uh, capable of uh, holding in. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a bloody movie. Um, I've seen worse. I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's some gross shit in it. But I mean, it, I've seen worse. Uh, this week's movie that I'm reviewing actually has uh, a, a very nice scene. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, it's. It, I recommend it. I still enjoyed it a lot. And I wanted to recommend it as this week's uh, Lurker's recommendation. Uh, definitely check out Revenge. If you have Shudder, definitely check it out. Um, if you don't have Shudder, what's wrong with you? Because uh, Shudder, uh, you know, and I will see the odd time that people are like, oh, Shudder's got nothing for me. The way I kind of um, explain Shudder to people is... Netflix will have more uh, mainstream or the lighter style of horror, uh, somehow or another. They got Terrifier on there, and that kind of shocked me, but that it is what it is, and I'm glad Terrifier's on there. I've seen a lot of love for it, and that's awesome. But uh, Netflix seems like it's more the mainstream kind of horror, you know, uh, where Shudder is a lot of foreign, a lot of... Um, hidden gems, a lot of low-budget, a lot of uh, exploitation, trash cinema, and stuff like that. So if you like that style of horror, Shudder is definitely for you. Um, Shudder also, like, what I love about Shudder is Shudder shows me just how much I have not seen in the horror genre. Uh, Cause there's constantly new films coming out on there, and I'm like, I never knew this existed, <laughs> and like it's movies also like from the 70s and 80s that I'm like, I never even knew that existed. What the fuck? Load it up. Let's see what it's all about. And uh, myself personally, I couldn't live without Shutter. Some people can, some people can't. And I mean, okay, if you're listening and you're in the US. Um, you guys have a way better catalog than the Canadian one. That said, the Canadian Shutter does have a lot to offer. Uh, pisses me off when we don't get the whole, you know, Joe Bob Briggs uh, last drive-in marathon and whatnot. Or the odd time when there's like a live event going on on Shutter and you load it up here in Canada and it says, uh, that part is not working right now. And it's like, fuck, goddamn censorship. But... Yeah, I don't know. I guess second lurker's recommendation. Get Shutter if you don't already have it. Uh, but yeah, Revenge was a damn good flick, and I wanted to recommend that. And now it's time. It's time to go to Imbolca. It's time to wash up on the shores and meet some really creepy fish people. Uh, this week's movie, Dagon is one that I'll explain more after the break, but let's just say that the more I watch this film, the more I love it. So yeah, there's not going to be much hate this week. Uh, <laughs> it's all about the love. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a quick break. And when uh, when the episode returns, when me and all my multiple personalities come back, of course, they're kind of in hiding right now. But anyways, um, yeah. We're gonna do uh, do a little review, a little song and dance called uh, the Order of Dagon. Back in a moment, people. Do you hear that? It's coming from that village, Probably some sort of religious festival. Hey that thing's coming right at us. <laughs> There's something in the water. We're going to have to take the raft into that town for help. Where the hell is everybody? Hello? We need help. What the hell's going on here? (sighs) Who are you?
0: I've been waiting for you. (sighs) Stay with me, please. Take me! You will go soon to a beautiful place forever. you want to tell me why this is happening? Deco needs her. No! You're a bunch of freaks! I'll kill you all!
1: Ia ia Cthulhu, fatagen. Ia ia Cthulhu, fatagen. Ia ia. Okay, I'll stop. It was a. I hope I wasn't annoying you, but whatever. Um. So hey, Dagon from 2001. Ah, uh, interesting thing about this movie. So it was one of those films that originally when I saw it, it was a VHS rental. Uh you, you've probably heard many VHS um, aficionados talk about how the fact like VHS box art, you know, we love the box art. We That was, uh, you know, you see the pictures on the Internet and whatnot, the little memes or whatever they're called. You know, it says, you know, you remember Friday night going to the VHS rental store and, you know, they show kids looking over VHS box arts and whatnot. And yeah, that was me with this movie. Um, Top Gun video. At the time, that's the place I rented it from. I went in there, and back then, when I saw this, which I want to say it was around maybe 2004, 2005, when I saw it for the first time, I wasn't completely familiar with HP Lovecraft. I knew of the name. I knew of, like, a little bit. You know, I knew of Cthulhu and Necronomicon and shit like that. But I I was very ignorant back then. I'm not going to lie. I... HP Lovecraft was something that came to me later in life. And but I remember seeing the box art and there's like, you know, the the, the monster face and it said HP Lovecraft's Dagon on the front of it. But what pulled me in, why it caught my attention was the dark blue color of the cover. And I know it sounds fucking stupid, but that's what pulled me in. I was like, this looks kind of cool. And I read the description on the back and I was like, okay uh it sounds interesting and like you know interesting enough okay so i rented it and i'm not gonna lie the first time i saw this movie i was kind of mixed i liked it i didn't love it uh there was one scene that definitely uh stuck with me but it was a couple years you know after before i would watch it again and then i i ended up i found the vhs i i I bought the VHS, it was pretty cheap too, I remember, ah, was it at a Kmart I saw it actually, and I remember it was something like, it was like 7 or 8 bucks, it was really cheap, Um, like in their bargain bins or whatever, and I was like, ah, you know what, I remember watching this, I'll buy it, and I bought it, and you know, I watched it a couple times again, and as I said earlier, you know, like the more I watch this movie, the more I love it and then for whatever reason I got rid of the VHS I was like I don't know if I'll ever come back to this and then of course I bought the DVD and again the more I watched it the more I loved it and now it's to a point where I couldn't live without this movie like I fucking love this thing Um, Arrow Video has released a Blu-ray I don't have that yet on the list, <laughs> the mile long list uh, on Amazon, I have like you know, you have your like wish list or whatever. Yeah, my wish list is like a fucking mile long. There's so many things I still want to buy, but ah, eh. when I get to it, was when I get to it, I guess. But yeah, um, I'll talk more in depth obviously as we go on. Uh, but um, this is like I said, this is a movie that it grew on me through time. Uh, and now it's to a point where, like, I, I rewatched it last night for this episode, and I loved every second of it. So, I mean, there, I have problems with this movie. There are there's a few issues, but not a lot. Uh, nothing you know worth writing home to. But, anyways, Dagon. Its premiere date originally was October twelfth, two thousand one, at the prestigious film festival in Spain. Then it had a wide widespread release in spain uh october 31st 2001 awesome that they released it on halloween i'm going to admit ignorance right now i don't know for sure and if somebody knows this you can go ahead and tell me because something that i probably could google and i haven't but i don't know do they celebrate halloween in spain um i know just recently uh well not recently it was about 10 years ago uh that i guess that's recent when you're old (laughs) um But yeah, like I have a friend in Australia and she was explaining to me a while back that I guess in Australia, Halloween is not a big thing, you know, like certain pockets of people out there will kind of celebrate it in their own way, but it's not a big thing over there. And I was like... (laughs) I couldn't think of life without Halloween. Of course, you know, it, it kind of makes me laugh like seeing all these pictures on the internet lately of like countdowns to Halloween and oh, I can't wait for Halloween and snap. not. And I'm like, for some of us, that's an everyday thing though. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's kind of cool. I mean, I, obviously I love the the holiday of Halloween and whatnot, but every day is Halloween for me. I don't know. I mean, anyways, whatever, I'm moving on. Um, so yeah, the... The Spanish release for it was October 31st, 2001. In North America, it was July 23rd, 2002. We got about, yeah, what's that, about nine months later or whatever. You know, eight months later. That's all good. Uh, directed by The Stuart Gordon. Written by The H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, based on primarily... Shadow Over Innsmouth, but there's elements of Dagon in here as well, obviously. Well, title character and whatnot, but um yeah, this is more an adaptation of Shadow Over Innsmouth than it is Dagon. But then again, like if you've ever read Dagon, it's really 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 short. <laughs> um you can read it in about 10 minutes and you're done. So you're making a movie that's 95 minutes long. Obviously, you're going to have to pull from other resources as well. The screenplay was written by Dennis Paoli. Uh, The film was produced by Carlos and Julio Fernandez, Miguel Torrent, and Brian Usna. And the music by... I want to say it's Carlos Cases, uh, or Carl's Cases. Uh, I'm going to do my best to pronounce names. Um, For the most part, these names are pretty easy to to pronunciate but we all know I fuck, I can't go an episode without my tongue either being tied or me saying someone's fucking name all completely butchered so I'll do what I can that's all I can promise the starring role of Paul Marsh is played by Ezra Godin. Um he's not bad kind of reminds me of like a, a young Jeffrey Combs in a way just a little bit um, Ezekiel the uh, the older guy in the movie the old man Ezekiel uh, played by Francisco Rabel and I believe this movie was completely dedicated to him it's either at the beginning of the film or the end of the film in the credits they say that the film was dedicated to him I believe he passed away very shortly after the filming of this if I remember reading correctly I that I'm I'm going to admit right now I may be wrong on that um, but I'm pretty sure it was like very very shortly after filming he passed away. Um, the character of Barbara was played by Raquel Moronia. I think I'm pronouncing that right uh, and okay, so here's the character's name that I can never seem to pronounce properly. Uh, Yusha. I think it's U X I A. Yuxia, Uxia. Cambaro uh, was played by the ever gorgeous Macarena Gomez, and I'm not gonna lie, had a huge fucking crush on her when I watched this movie. To this day, I still have a crush on that woman. Um, Howard was played by Brendan Price. Uh, Vicky, oh shit, I'm gonna try. Burgett, Baffourul. I apologize. I'm probably butchering that name. Ezekiel's mother was played by Zusia Blanco. Um, And the Captain Orpheus Cambaro or Captain Obed Marsh uh, played by Alfredo Vila. I'm going to stop there. I, I feel already embarrassed enough that I can't pronounce all these names properly. So I'm going to kind of just stop there and move on to the synopsis and the ratings and just review this fucking movie. Uh, the synopsis. So based on a short story by H.P. Lovecraft, Dagon tells the story of Paul Marsh, a young man who discovers that the truth will not set him free. Instead, it condemns him to a waking nightmare of unrelenting horror. A boating accident off the coast of Spain sends Paul and his girlfriend Barbara to the decrepit fishing village of Imboca looking for help. As night falls, people start to disappear and things not quite human start to appear. That's so cool too. Um, Paul finds himself pursued by the entire town. Running for his life, he uncovers Imboka's dark secret that they pray to Dagon, a monstrous god of the sea. And Dagon's unholy offspring are freakish half-human creatures on the loose in Imboka. Um, So yeah, uh, again... In Boca is basically Innsmouth. Uh, so, like I was saying earlier, uh, Shadow over Innsmouth is the, the basis of where this story comes from. Uh, and if you've ever read Shadow over Innsmouth, or if you haven't, please do. But uh, if you've ever read it, obviously, like um, the story of Zadok Allen and how he... Uh, basically uh, recounts uh, the history of when the whole um, the, the the sacrificial rituals to the order of Dagon and um, like how he explains it um, in, in in the story is kind of like when Ezekiel is telling Paul about the history of Imboka, and uh, like the idea of like like when Paul Marsh is being like hunted by the the, the natives or the locals or whatever you want to call them, a lot of that is highlighted in the Shadow over Innsmouth as well. So, quite a bit of this movie is more Shadow over Innsmouth. The fact that the movie is called Dagon, I think, is you know more so um, because of the fact that they are praying to the Order of Dagon. They have they need the five sacrifices uh, so that you know. It can, you know, bring the fish to the land and, like, you know, uh, they can appease the god of Dagon and whatnot. So, yeah, like, when you read Dagon, like, reading the this, this short story of Dagon, which, like I said, 10 minutes, you're done. It's very short. Um, more or less... It describes the character of Dagon, it describes the, the murky black waters, like we see that in, in the movie and whatnot, it explains that, uh, but in terms of a lot of what transpires in the film, comes from Shadow over Innsmouth, um, and I, again, like I said, like Imboka is basically the film's version of Innsmouth, Ezekiel is Zadok Allen, uh, Paul Marsh, his last name Marsh, uh, is mentioned in the story of the shadow over Innsmouth. He's the captain who, you know, came to came to Innsmouth, uh, like, you know, in in the past. I, I believe, oh, fuck. Oh, it's been a while since I read it. It was pre-World War One, if I remember correctly. It's, it seems to me I remember something about, like, 1927. I'd have to go back and read it again, but... Uh, I believe that the story of the shadow over Innsmouth starts in 1927 and then like goes through the progressions of the, the different time periods and whatnot. Um, the movie Dagon, however, holy shit. Okay. So, and it's weird. Like now when I go back and I read HP Lovecraft, like this is how I envision Innsmouth to look like Uh great aesthetic. They, they really got the look down uh, for this one like i said like this this movie probably uh above all else feels like the most lovecraftian film that i i've probably seen don't get me wrong like you know like reanimator like from beyond and uh, other films a uh, lurking fear <laughs> god i can't believe i bring that one up but i just watched it recently that's why it's kind of still fresh in my mind um but yeah, like th- those films. Don't get me wrong; they all have their Lovecraftian feel to them as well. But this one really feels like a, a-, a Lovecraft film, like like something that HP Lovecraft, if if he saw it himself, would probably go, "Yep, thumbs up, buddy." Uh, <laughs> um, okay, uh, the CGI, and there's not a lot of it. Uh, there's more practical effects than there is CGI. Thank God for that. Um, or thank Dagon for that. I should be thanking the right god. Um, but uh, the CGI is whew, there's a few moments it almost detracts from the film. Now, I granted, I, I when I watch this, I keep in mind it's 2001, it's low budget. That's kind of the thing, too, though, is the fact that this is a low budget film that gets Lovecraftian uh like the Lovecraftian feel better than some big budget films that have tried. And uh, that's something like you know, I I love Stuart Gordon and Brian Usna for the fact that it was them behind this. Uh, I believe this was Gordon's third film uh doing um a a Lovecraft adaptation. And aside from the CGI I love this fucking movie. I'm so glad it was those two like helming it and whatnot. Uh, there's the one scene uh, where we see, um, I'm going to call her Macarena, even though like, I know her name is Zuzia Z- or something. I don't know. I'm fucking horrible. Uh, but anyways, um, when she like, there's the one scene where it's like she, uh, Paul is dreaming and he's dreaming she's like in front of him and whatnot and she opens her mouth and out come like these tentacles it looks bad these days like i'm not gonna lie i'm watching it last night going "Ah, that didn't hold up very well (laughs) um and like when when we see the clouds rolling in over in at the very beginning of the film you can tell it's cgi you can tell it's it looks somewhat dated but Again, it's not enough for me to sit there and go, you ruined this film. Like, no, not even close. Um, and, and as I said, like, like Ezra Godden to me seems like a young Jeffrey Combs, which would make sense when you think that, you know, it's it's uh, Stuart Gordon who, you know, and Brian Usna who are working together on this film and they constantly worked with, Je- you know, Jeffrey, jo- uh, Jeffrey Jones, Jeffrey Combs. So, you know, that... It made sense. He definitely has that look, that feel. Um, I, I didn't look into it. Maybe they wanted Jeffrey Combs for this movie and they couldn't get him. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, in terms of uh, like, like I said earlier, Macarena Gomez. Okay, so myself and many friends, we've all talked about this. I mean, if you've seen this movie, obviously you know she. You know she doesn't have legs. Um, she has like tentacles. Uh, She's the hottest Squiddy ever. I, I'm not going to lie. She's fucking gorgeous in this movie. Um, on top of that, like, her acting is great. Uh, actually, to be quite honest, all the cast members, their acting is really goodness. Yes, beginning of the film has a bit of campy dialogue and whatnot, but, I mean, what movie these days doesn't have somewhere in it some campy dialogue? You know what I mean? Like, and not to mention, like, the horror genre in general, every movie is going to have a campy moment. It's just the way it is, whatever. Um, I did, I, the, the natives. Okay. So the natives of, of Mboka are awesome. Um, this is where like the, 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 practical makeup and whatnot was done extremely well. Uh, they're creepy. They're fish, like amphibious. um, uh, like the webbing between their fingers, the, the what is it? Salad fingers is running the fucking hotel desk, like, and that hotel too, like that. It's fucking creepy, like. oh like when he when uh paul marsh is like walking through his room and he's like just trying to find like even just one spot to sit that's not disgusting and dirty like when he pulls the sheets off the bed and it looks like this giant shit stain from the pillows all the way down and stuff and it's like oh it's it it gives you the creeps because you're like fuck like I myself personally, I've never been in a hotel like that. I hope I never do find a hotel like that. I'm not going to lie though. Like I love the look of Mboka. I love the, the, the look of the town is like, I I could live there. I I know that sounds kind of fucking weird, but I could easily look, I could live there easily. Um, Then the natives, like, and especially some of them, they had like the pasty white faces and whatnot. And, what with it recently just having its full release, um, We Happy Few, a lot of the characters have that that pasty white face and whatnot. It kind of made me think of that, um, but not. I mean, obviously, uh, We Happy Few is more like, um, I guess, I, the way I have kind of taken it as it cause I haven't played the full game yet. Uh, but it, it feels like a Lovecraftian version of a clockwork orange, honestly. Um, like in a way. Uh, so I guess that's kind of why my mind went there when, you know, I'm looking at their white faces. I'm like, eh, it's kind of, we happy few ish. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like this is one of the, one of the few movies where like, and I, I've mentioned it before. I don't really get scared from movies But the scene where the locals are chasing Paul, like, you know, in the hotel and through the town of Mboka and whatnot, that would be fucking terrifying in real life. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like it 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 kind of gets my heart racing a little, which I which I enjoy. That's what I think that's why I love this movie more and more as I get older, because each time I watch it, it's like there's there's something that actually still gets me like pulls me in like it gets my attention it it gets my heart racing a little and whatnot and i love that like it's so great to have a movie that can actually do that um and like i said like the acting like the acting is so great it really sells that it sells the fear you feel like like holy shit like this poor dude like you know paul marsh is like you know he's got this look of terror being terrified and you feel it and it's like that's the that's the way a horror movie should be done um but yeah like just that that whole scene and it goes on for like what a good 10-15 minutes of him being chased and chased and he's hiding and lurking and stuff like that and fuck like it's just it's it's awesome I absolutely love it um when Ezekiel is telling the story of, you know, the the, the, the past history of Mboka and how, you know, Captain Orpheus Cambaro, you know, comes in and brings with him the idea of the order of Dagon and, you know, the sacrifices and whatnot. Um it it, it feels like like um Like when I was watching this, I I was noticing last night and this is the first time I've I've kind of actually noticed this is when I'm watching this movie, I feel like I'm watching what would be the perfect um, RPG game for like a PS4 or Xbox One. Like I feel like this is the if and we have um, shit, I can't remember what the name of it is. There's a uh, Lovecraftian game coming out like, well, there's Call of Cthulhu, but there's another one coming out as well um, in the next year or two or whatnot. And both of them feel like they they would have like this kind of feel to it. Like, you know, like going through the hotel and, and making the observations, making choices. And and the fact that Paul Marsh constantly says that, like, I have two options. I can do this or I can do that. And stuff like, that. like it feels like watching like a, a full play out of an RPG. Like I almost at times I, I don't feel this way, but kind of like giving like an example, like it'd be like watching like a trip, a, a twitch a twitch streamer um you know streaming a game uh, uh like this you know what i mean um and not to mention i mean uh to my knowledge this was the first film to actually mention cthulhu which <laughs> let's face it that probably made every hp lovecraft fan like you know super giddy and whatnot there's even the one guy that like um what is it it's uh, uh paul's and zeusia's um father it has like the you know the the Cthulhu looking head and whatnot. Um, fuck, like this movie is just so great. And like I said, like practical effects, practical makeup, the little bit of CGI, yeah, yeah, it, it's dated, whatever. But fuck, they do the practical looks so well in this movie. And like a, and I said it at the top of the review, you know, the aesthetic. If this feels like when I'm watching this, this feels like something I should be seeing from a Lovecraft adaptation. Um, And then of course there's the, the, the human sacrifice that we actually see. Actually we kind of see two, Um, but Ezekiel poor Ezekiel. Um, Oh, did that guy ever sell it to? Oh my God. He, he, he sold it so well, but so yeah, the first time I ever watched this film, I have no clue what I'm in for. Like I said, like it was, it was one that like the color of the box is what pulled me in. So, it, it, ooh, look at the pretty colors. Yeah, that's that was me for this fucking movie. Anyways, so we get to the, uh, I believe one of my friends has called it a facial, <laughs> uh, but it, it's basically Ezekiel gets skinned alive, and wow, it looks fucking awesome and yeah the first time i ever watched it i'm not gonna lie made my skin crawl um no pun intended but it's a scene that uh, is, i'll be honest with you it's not for the weak-hearted um if you can't handle like you know your hardcore horror films it might be the one scene you look away from the screen uh I fucking, myself personally, I fucking love it. And uh, even last night I was noticing, like, when I watch it, it's like it, there's a, obviously a sense of uneasiness. It's it's very disturbing, but it's so well done. It's, it's one of those moments where it's like, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't want to watch this, but I'm going to keep watching it. And I've got, like, that smile on my face, and it's just, oh, it's so well done. I feel bad for the poor old man, but, you know, it's 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 awesome. Um but yeah, and I I posted on social media last night that I was watching the movie and I even, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of people that follow me that, you know, they're not into the gore. They more like the suspense and whatnot. I warn people about this movie, because uh, I didn't get that warning. And I warn people, uh there's one scene you may not be able to handle. That's it. Um I like the look of Dagon. Uh, Dagon is CGI. You can tell. Um, I kind of still like the look. I mean, we see him briefly. Uh, You don't see him a lot. It's basically when Barbara is being the sacrifice offered to Dagon and whatnot. Um, But I could rant and rave about this movie forever and ever uh not to mention the music I haven't even talked about the score yet, but the score is 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 very lush it's very beautiful um there is a soundtrack release of it good luck finding it uh it, it's hard to find but i I do have a digital copy of it and um the the music is wonderful uh even like okay like it's kind of weird because like a lot of movies. I find not all the time do they stick the ending very well. Uh, this one was kind of weird because um, the whole idea of Paul and uh, Lucia, um you know, like the the whole idea that you know she wants to have a relationship with him, and then we come to find out the revelation that you know they're they're half brother and sister and whatnot, and the whole brother sister relationship is um, basically whenever I watch this, I'm like mm, okay. Um, that's interesting but I do love the imagery at the very end of the film when they're swimming in the water like he he now has his own gills and whatnot and they're swimming in the water and they go into like the deep well and whatnot uh, like the the order of Dagon well and uh, it it, I I love the look of it It, it, it's very beautiful Um, again very well filmed but that relationship just seems oddly out of place for me but i mean it is what it is um it's uh, it's a twist you know uh it's to sum it all up it's a great movie uh as i say the more i watch it the more i love it uh, if you had asked me probably you know 10 you know 15 years ago, what I thought of it, it would have been like, eh, it's a five out of 10, you know, it was okay, whatever. But I, I wasn't as schooled in HP Lovecraft as I am now. Uh, Going back to it now, it's easily a seven and a half to eight out of 10. I, I, I fucking love this movie and it's even one of those films where like, I'll watch it. And when it's done, I almost want to watch it again. Like if I have time, some there's been the odd time I'll hit repeat and I'll watch it again. Uh, It's a must-see for horror aficionados. It's a must-see for lovers of H.P. Lovecraft, fans of Stuart Gordon and Brian Usna films. Um, If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And yeah, I spoiled a lot of shit for you. Uh, But uh, I'm assuming if you've listened this far, you figured out kind of early I was going to spoil shit, and you already stopped, so... Just come back, come back to the episode when, when you're done watching it. But, um, yeah, that's it, man. Like it's, I'm going to go as far as to say it's an eight out of 10. It's an eight out of 10 for me. I, I love this movie. I'm very happy with it. Like I said, the CGI, yeah, it hurts it a little, but I can overlook it because of how much they got right. Um, do I wish the title for the movie was different? Maybe, but it, there is enough of Dagon in the film for it to make sense. Uh, and it's one of the, you know, it, it's just, it's a really good classic film. I think it's an underrated gem, too. I don't think it gets the, the love that it should. And this is one film that, you know, i I've told many people about, and... As the years will continue to go on. If I find people haven't seen this movie yet. I'm going to recommend it to them. It's a definite. Definite lurker's recommendation. See this movie if you have not already. And on that note. Thank you for listening this week. Um, I, have, I have something I want to say. Uh, to uh, the listeners of this podcast. Um, because I know that many of you. Are probably within this list. So, this past week, now all three of the main um, outlets for social media, uh, that being Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as much as I know, I, I bitch about Twitter all the time, but I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of people following me on there. All three accounts now are, are 100 plus. And that means a lot to me because. I've said it before. Everyone and their mother has a podcast these days. Everyone and their mother is doing the social media thing. Um, To have a hundred followers now on Facebook, a hundred plus followers on Instagram and a hundred plus followers on Twitter. Thank you so much. Like it's very humbling um, because I... I'm not going to go into all this personal shit and everything, but my self-esteem is not always the fucking greatest. And (laughs) if anything, I'm usually, you know, drowning myself in the waters of Mboka. But, um, yeah, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, Facebook finally hit 100, and that was the last one to do it. Um, And I was very touched. I was like, holy shit, like, all three of them, uh, 100-plus followers and a lot of activity you know people commenting on all three um retweets on twitter comments on instagram comments on facebook um it's sometimes it's almost hard to keep up and but i love it and i'm hoping that this podcast continues to grow i'm hoping that people continue to to listen to the show and tell others about it or you know Maybe you you see a link on Facebook or you see uh, a post um, on Twitter or something, and it causes you to follow or you know to maybe like 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 share it or something like I was very humbled this week and i wanted I wanted to take just like a quick moment out just to say thank you so much to all of you who who are following this show. If you're listening, that's awesome. And they, I mean, not everyone has to listen to this podcast. There can be people that are just following the accounts for, you know, the pictures I share or the, the articles or whatnot. I'm totally cool with that. Like I, I don't, I don't expect everyone that's, you know, following it on Facebook at all. 101 or 102 people are like, Oh, I'm listening to the podcast. If you're not listening, it's cool. Trust me. It's cool. Um, I just it, it means a lot to me to know that when I when I'm putting stuff on social media there's people that care and are following it. So I wanted to, to say thank you so much to all of you. Um, and I like I you know, I, I posted a thing on Facebook, you know, we hit a hundred followers. That was the one I was having the hardest time getting people to follow and so when it hit a hundred it was it, it meant a lot. so thank you. Thank you for from my dark and decayed heart, thank you to all of you. Um, obviously, you know, you can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com. What, lurk slash what lurks behind Podcast Zero, Instagram. What lurks behind Podcast Zero, Twitter. Uh, WLB Podcast underscore zero, and then obviously. The home of the podcast, slash podcast zero, or what lurks behind podcastzero.com. Both of those will always have the episodes listed and lined up for you. Uh, last week, also, I posted my first article on uh, what lurks behind podcastzero.com, an article about the October Faction, which is a comic book series I follow, and I found out apparently on imdb which i know take with a grain of salt but I found out that there could be a tv series coming for the october faction so it's something that it piques my interest um and i wrote about it and i had uh you know like there were a couple views people were reading so you know I, I, again, any any form of interaction means a lot to me so Again, from the bottom of that, you know, that little thing that's black and shriveled, but still works. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much. Next episode. Ah, what's the next episode? Might as well announce that before we uh, peel off to some uh, cradle of filth this week. Uh, Going a little bit more mainstream with the music. Why not? I can do that every now and then. Uh, But the next episode is... A special one Uh, I have pretty much been staying within the realm of you know the 80s 90s 2000s uh, when it comes to movie reviews I did White Zombie from 1932 but I, I really haven't branched out to you know the other decades yet and I thought you know what let's change that so next week's episode It's a movie that I absolutely love. I have on DVD. It's from 1962. Yeah, I know. I don't think I've done a movie from the 60s yet. Uh, From 1962. The Brain That Wouldn't Die. I fucking love this movie. Um, I'll talk more about it next week, obviously. But I, I kind of almost look at The Brain That Wouldn't Die as sort of like a... 60s version of what frankenhooker could have been like in a way it's got elements kind of like it i'll explain it more next week but yeah the brain that wouldn't die is next week's episode guys um and then after that is when we start the spooktober episodes which uh one final announcement before i call it quits if you've listened this far thank you Uh, you're awesome but um what Lurks Behind PodcastZero uh, I will be posting possibly well one for sure, possibly two episodes. Um they will be uh exclusive to what lurks behind podcastzero.com because they are prior episodes from my former podcast, the Bats Bows and Books Podcast. I'm kinda I'm I'm going to um kinda going to re-edit them a little bit. Um taking out you know certain parts that aren't needed because keep in mind bats bows and books uh podcast was a lot about comic books and whatnot so um i will be uh kind of editing the podcasts uh, you know making them a bit shorter and whatnot but i am gonna post them back up uh uh, through the, the the um the website itself not so much through next level network uh because again they are older podcasts Uh, the quality is not as good so i'm going to try to improve the quality a bit on them Um, but i figured i would do that as kind of like a halloween tree share a few uh old episodes from my former podcast and uh yeah so be on the lookout for those Uh, i will be announcing them uh through the uh, forums of social media I mentioned earlier, so uh, I, I'm excited. It's almost here, the month of October, which uh, yeah, starts off with my birthday and ends with Halloween. So it's 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 I I love the months of October. Um, I'm also uh, going to be uh, dealing with some other changes as well, but hopefully they won't affect the podcast. So uh, lot coming up, lot coming up. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Now. It's time for Ia Ia Cthulhu, for, Cthulhu for Cradle of filth.
0: I-ah,
1: I-ah, Have a good one, everybody. I-ah, I-ah.